right. <laughs> so now that everybody's here and we can hear everybody, um, this is our friend Dan. Like we were saying before, my friend Dan. We've been friends since I first moved to Omaha. Sorry, I'll go back through it for real again. Um, Dan and I have found ourselves in multiple conversations about um, political topics and agendas and oftentimes find ourselves uh, potentially on opposite sides of the aisle or with different views, but we always end up with a good conversation. We always end up having a beer together, giving each other a hug when we get done, and uh, we don't let uh, maybe what we disagree about stand in the way. And uh, what I was saying, and then Dan responded to, so I'll let you say that again, um, we want to try to break the mold of just having the same people on that always agree with us, that share the same ideas that we might have. Uh, we want to get out of that echo chamber of just bringing in people and us sitting around and patting each other on the back and telling us how smart we are and how much we know about the world. So, um, and like I said on the, on the first take, um, that, I mean, that's really commendable. Not a lot of, uh, podcasts do that. Um, because, you know, we want to hear what we want to hear. We want to have our ideas reinforced and whatnot, but it is important from time to time to challenge our preconceived notions so that we don't get stuck in an echo chamber because it's not, all that far off to be within that echo chamber and then the next thing you know you're believing like q and on satanic like baby killing shit like it get, if you echo chamber hard enough you can go from uh benghazi and emails to donald trump was divinely chosen by god to destroy this invisible jewish pedophile ring well, and and we've talked about it before, and I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but Facebook has literally monetized their business model off of creating these echo chambers for people by directing them. And again, I don't think they're necessarily doing it on purpose to, you know, start a storm on Capitol Hill, but that's the result of what happens when you click like, you know, you comment on all of those different uh, people that are creating that narrative of the election was stolen and we got to take back the capital. You know, you're you're creating that exact echo chamber for people to exist within and say, you know what, damn it, we we do need to storm the capital. You know, we do mm -hmm. need to hang Mike Pence and you know kill Nancy Pelosi. Like, what? No, guys, relax. And and like, don't let don't let the liberals snidely scoff at it uh, scoff at it either. Because when they lose to Donald Trump in 2016, what's the first thing they do? They start talking about unsubstantiated and later proven to just be minute Russian election interference. All the Russian government did, good or not, is did targeted ads at people. That's what they did. They didn't steal ballots. They didn't make him lose the vote. Well, lose the Electoral College anyway. But the fact of the matter is liberals are not immune from that either. There's a, we call right. that phenomenon, at least from um, colloquially the left, we call that the, um, um, the uh, PewDie pipeline. There's, there's actually a term for it uh, because people will watch PewDiePie videos and then the longer people watch a video, the more you have a monetary incentive to have it extend its length um, and to get likes, which is a challenge. But when you have edgy situations like with PewDiePie, for example, where um, 
you know, he did that first stunt with, well, not a stunt, but, you know, he said the N-word on, you know, live stream. Not good. Um, and then the second thing he did was he got those, um, I think they were Southwest Asian or Southeast Asians. I don't remember specifically. might have been India, Pakistan. Um, got them to hold up that sign about Jewish people. And, like, the algorithm knows how to funnel people into more extreme content whether it be on the left or on the right. Um, and that's like a, a proven business model phenomenon. That's how, that's how I can look up. That's how I can look up a video about um, it, 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 any of the keywords, SJW, whatever. I click five, six videos. I'm at Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. I watch another three or four and I'm watching Stefan Molyneux literally just talk about the Jewish satanic conspiracy to eat people's babies. It's bananas. <laughs> YouTube is very fucking well aware of it. It's very well documented and it should be, in my opinion, um, regulated. At a certain point, you are responsible for like the massacre that occurred in New Zealand when you're mentioned by name as your political driving factor. If that's not inciting violence, I don't know what really is. Right. To an extent, you're accountable. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and that's basically what, you know, um, we've talked about at nauseum on this show before, um, how these these algorithms are, are put together, A, to make money, but at a certain point in time, you have to say, okay, I have a moral obligation here to put monetization aside and, you know, do what's right for people and and get them to a point where, you know, we're they're getting the information they want, not the information that we're giving them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the user's choice to continue to watch QAnon videos or whatever the case may be. Yeah, but that what you what we're getting at though is that's not an overnight process. Exactly. Up until up until two thousand, the last time I think even like Chris Hayes. So Chris Hayes for some of your viewers that might not know who he is. He's um, he's a he's a liberal pundit on MSNBC. He's uh, you know, does stuff like uh, like what Rachel Maddow would do. So that's kind of where he leans is like center left. But they would not stop talking about election interference, election interference, election er interference, up even through last year. So like I said, the liberals are just as guilty of it. the The problem is that like. <sighs> Yeah, it, it, I, I agree with you in that you, at a certain point, you have a moral obligation to um, put a stop to content that is by name mentioned when you scythe down a bunch of people with a fucking gun. Like, right. like and, your name is on that. And that's one thing I've always appreciated about you, Dan, is you have the same kind of idea or way of thinking that we do in the sense that we don't really care if you're a liberal or a you know democrat or a republican or con you know conspiracy theorist whatever we just want you to a value people's lives and b call out bs when you see bs you know it doesn't matter what they're called what they look like who they are what their political affiliation is when you see something that you're like hey 
that doesn't sit right with me. You're not hiding behind. You have a you have a moral obligation to act. Yeah, you're you, not. Period. You're not and saying, if, and, well, yeah. they're Republican and I'm Republican, so what they're doing must be right. You know, or no, that's or you know, well, I'm glad I'm glad he only went and shot up a mosque because you know I'm not there. Like, what the fuck? You can't yeah. have it both ways. Right. You can't just pick and choose based on what happens. Exactly. Um, sorry, Ben. I feel like I've been cutting you off. I don't. No. No, you're good. I've I've been letting you guys ride. Ben's coming from us live from Texas, also. By the way, he's down there for Air Force yep. training stuff, which is why he doesn't have that super ugly. Arkansas Not behind flag my normal setup. It's <laughs> partly the reason why we had technical difficulties in the beginning, but we worked through it and we're here now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and combo brings up a good, um, comment that were as one of our talking points tonight. Um, call out BS when you see it, me, uh, Ted Cruz and Cancun. That's one of our talking points for tonight. And by the way, the memes with his hair braided, um, and (laughs) the pina coladas at SNL did a whole hilarious skit last night. Yeah, seen a bunch of them. So him, funny. him dressed up as like Jimmy Buffett. And you, oh man. <laughs> yeah. And then like so many people have said, you know, immediately saying, "Well, my kids wanted to go to Cancun, so." And I don't necessarily think he was quote unquote blaming it on his daughters, but he was doing a pretty good job to say, you gotta, Look, "Man, this wasn't my idea. All right, this wasn't my idea. The let's, kids let's, wanted let's, it. Let's, I wanted it to stay and help the state. Yeah. But my right. daughters really wanted to go to Cancun, so I, I just did what I could to make them happy. Okay, let's Ted? let's let's call that shit the way it is. He threw his goddamn kids under the bus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, That's a thousand Ted, percent. Ted, Ted, go to fucking Cancun." But don't when when the public backfires at you because the Midwest is the coldest place on the planet and pipes are <laughs> bursting and you get five minutes of power an hour. Don't you don't get to go. Oh, my eight year old daughter. You know, what would you do? Would you be a good dad? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Ted Cruz. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Well, and I like, I, I mean, you, he could have just as easily said, well, yeah, I went I went to Cancun. I'm not you've you been to Texas right now. I don't know. I'm not good with that. Mm-mm, I'm yeah. out. I feel like it would have gone over better if this man had stood up in front of a camera and just been like, it's cold as fucking Texas. I'm out. You'd be like, hey, man, if you could leave, you would too. That's more relatable than than berating your Than chucking the the whole family under the bus. Exactly. By saying, what do you want me to do? What Stay and do what? Like, you want me to go start, you know, unfreezing parts of texas you know with my magical fire hands or what part what do you of want me part to of do? yeah part of the job though when you that you sign up for is you're you're essentially a representative i mean obviously you are an elected representative of your state but if you want to be a good politician which um ted cruz certainly seems to not want us to believe to be the case um you don't do shit like that if your state is freezing over stay home I, I have a I have I firmly believe that one of the primary drivers of Joe Biden winning this in this last election happened because his team realized if we want to win, if we want to even possibly sneak over that line to victory, we need to get Joe to shut up. We need that <laughs> we need to stop the gaffes, stop the stop the public touching of kids. Like you're creepy. People think you're creepy, man. <laughs> You're like dementia ridden. Like you can barely say a sentence, my man. People don't relate to that. 
Donald Trump <laughs> may be out here being like, yeah, I mean, but who's to say, you know? And you're like, well, you would slimy piece of shit, but he seems to be there. Whereas with Joe Biden, I mean, there's that why, 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 why clip, you know? It just, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're exactly right. And that's what uh, a lot <laughs> of people. Painful to watch. A lot of yeah, people that I like, listen to. <laughs> very painful. <laughs> A lot of people that I listen to podcast-wise said all along, Joe Biden's not going to beat Trump. The only person that can beat Trump is Trump. So if he continues to get in his own way and can't shut up, he's going to beat himself. Yeah, He's going to run himself yeah, right the, out of it. Exactly. The DNC did your job for you, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> really. Joe Biden. Yeah. If Joe Biden, fun fact, if Joe Biden had lost, he would he would be the, the first president to ever lose three separate presidential bids like he would be the he's like, he, he would have been the first politician to go for that he'd be zero and three for running for president we were this close to greatness <laughs> yeah it <probably> <laughs> no up. i'm just kidding but no that was the thing that the that the uh the biden camp really realized uh, a lot quicker was that joe needed to shut up and, and trump was just too much we of have to, a yeah we have to, narcissist do exactly, to shut we up. do exactly two things we have to get because of the Black Lives Matter, because of the police movement that occurred over the summer, which Alex knows I was um, pretty heavily involved in, um, what they had to do exactly two things to beat the Democrats or uh, to get Joe Biden president. They needed to co-opt BLM. They needed to then flip it into abolish the police, defund the police initiate a committee to investigate the violence against the police. They needed to do that and they needed to stop Bernie Sanders. They needed to do both of those things to win. And the liberals were able to to do that because if Bernie Sanders wins, the liberals kind of really lose when you think about it. Because I think a lot of people equate uh, Bernie Sanders with um, they put him in the same category as people like Hillary Clinton, uh, Joe Biden, Bill Clinton, you know, what have you pick your pick your Democrat. But the thing that really separated Trump, um, Trump and Bernie was to the extent that they were populist movements. That's not really a debate. Trumpism, which some, you know, would argue closely resembles fascism due to how it equates nationalism and, you know, police authority and big guns you you i mean you, i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about there but they view that the same as when bernie sanders is saying we should have free health care we shouldn't have a wall we should and by free obviously i mean it's not free everybody knows that i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get baited into that well i think you'd be surprised <laughs> but, how many people but that's a really good point because uh, again both sides do it you know some people hear free health care and I living in Nebraska, we both live in Nebraska. I know a lot of very right wing people that are like free health care. Somebody's got to pay for it. Well, if it was truly just free and I'm not a huge fan of like the free health care idea, I think that there's some good principles that can be used within it. But I'm still a free market kind of guy if it's truly free market and we're not being hosed by incredibly high doctor bills that no one can pay for and if you don't have insurance you're basically just screwed for the rest of your life don't yeah, the don't like that yeah the, the problem right now is that unchecked capitalism is doing what unchecked capitalism does um eventually if you you know play the play the game correctly um 
and you you follow that logic all the all the way to its conclusion. You know, if there's five bread makers in in town, and then you can cut costs, reduce labor, increase profit, cut costs, reduce labor, increase profit, acquire one, you rinse and repeat that, and then eventually have all of them. The problem is unregulated capitalism. People confuse that very often with crony capitalism. The system these are these are issues by the system, not as a uh, as a bug, but are they're a feature of it. This is the goal. This is how it is supposed to be done. Increase efficiency, increase output, increase all of that. And then eventually someone's going to win. The problem from from my perspective is that you can apply you can definitely apply that to movie franchises. You can definitely apply that to video games, but you don't in my opinion, um, morally I don't think that healthcare belongs in that category of things to be competed over. I think it's a human right. And I think that if you adjust for inflation, just what the taxpayer pays originally, if you adjust that proportionately to what the government has to subsidize these hospitals for, an example I'm thinking of is um, my, like my appendicitis. Had I not had insurance, that was a $150,000 bill. I don't have that money when I'm 16. So like whether or not it's apparent, you guys paid for that because the government bailed out the insurance company who didn't get paid as a result of that. With the Medicare for all solution, what we're really going for is let's cut out the middleman. Why do we need the insurance company at all? If you give everybody health care, the entire nation as a whole pays less. And that's that's not a debate. That's the science. That's the math behind it. I think if more people understood that what we're saying is instead of paying $400 a month um, for your family's health insurance, you're going to pay, you're basically only going to pay 300 over the year, over the year in taxes. You, you're actually, as a nation, our deficit would go down if we did that. That's the, that's the capitalist argument for, um, that's the capitalist uh, market for, or argument for, for like a free market solution. But if you apply that same logic on its head, it doesn't work. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And I, I think where I would not disagree but push back on is basically I, I don't really want the government telling me who I can and can't go to the doctor with. Um, if you want to give me a tax rebate because I have privatized insurance through my work company or whoever it might be, that that's fine. I I you know I don't necessarily want to pay the taxes behind it because I'm not utilizing that service. But if there wants to be something like that where you can sign up and say, hey, you know, 300 bucks a year and or you might 300 bucks a month over the course of the year and you might have longer wait times. You might have you know us telling you which doctor you can see, what uh, procedure you can or can't have. I I just don't personally, and and I'm. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate in that realm, but I, I also see both sides because my girlfriend doesn't have health insurance at all. Um, mm -hmm. She works at a beauty salon. She's a assistant manager of a beauty salon and she doesn't have uh, health insurance. And I see the struggles that come along with that. And I'm fortunate to work at a job where I do have health insurance um, and it's actually pretty good health insurance. So I don't have those same struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I, great I have great insurance as well. The, the problem is that like let's say for example, here's my here's my moral issue with it, if I can be frank with you, okay? Mm -hmm. So my moral issue is 
I was obviously laid off um, with with COVID. Essentially, you know, I worked. I was working construction for a company here in Omaha, and um, as a like a like a like a supervisor, like a foreman, that kind of thing. Um, so I was working construction here. I had great insurance. I lost that insurance, but due to the timeline, by the time you know Pelosi and the House and then the Senate approved, you know, that uh, the, that stimulus bill, which also included, if you've been on you get to retain your health insurance because of that 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 didn't occur in time for me i missed that deadline so what what ended up happening is i had to go and pay for a doctor's appointment for a specialist i'd see a specialist about every three months for my back now out of pocket including the medication costs me about thirteen hundred dollars hence why i you know i have insurance but that brief fleeting period of time from, you know, April of last year up until very recently, I, I didn't have health insurance. So yeah, I have paid about probably $3,500, $4,500 just in medical bills out of pocket. I am blessed and I am fortunate that I can afford that, that I have saved for that, that I've been able to do that. But you sh there should not be a barrier for entry to be able to see a doctor. That's that's my argument as someone who is basically coming from the standpoint of everyone is going to save money. And then on top of that, everybody deserves what I have, if not better. Uh, the the whole, you know, well, I you know, the, the government's going to tell me what doctor I can and can't go to. And uh, on top of that, you know, as a result of that, I, you know, they, they're going to tell me I can or can't have a surgery or I will or I won't have a death panel. All, all those talking points. I mean, to be frank with you, Alex, like those, those have all been like really thoroughly debunked. When you socialize medicine, you're not socializing the market. Those are different things. If you were to, say, live in the late Soviet Union or um, Vietnam, that might be true where they do have a state run economy. Or well, a state, a state-influenced uh, economy, because yeah. it's not communism. But um, it, it, the way that our system is set up would be that private insurance would just essentially cease to exist, and then everyone would, everybody would be able to go to whatever doctor they would want. Like you wouldn't have to change anything about your lifestyle. The only difference is you'd pay a little bit less. Now, would people have to wait longer? That was another thing you said, and that's a good point. Initially, if you stagnate it in the way that um, Bernie Sanders was describing, I think that even that is like too conservative. Um, I don't think it needs to be a 10-year process to get everyone on Medicare or Medicaid. But even if you staggered it over the, over the, force, over the course of 8 to 10 years, um, I think that's being overly safe. Because that's enough time to um, basically switch over to that system. And I know that because, um, so your listeners might not know this, but I grew, so I grew up in foster care. So I had, um, I had government health insurance because, I mean, I have to have health insurance. So I had, by default, as a, as a, um, as a ward of the state of Nebraska, I received Medicaid. Now, the only reason that you can't go see any doctor you want or, you know, any pharmacy you want is because that 
that insurance industry exists. There are certain there are certain insurers that will or won't allow you to conduct business, you know, at your location. Mm-hmm. But short of that, if switching to a Medicare for all system slowly and gradually, um, you would be able to to have all of those things, just like you know the other twenty nine nations of what we may call you know the quote unquote developed world. Um, this is not something that America is too big to be able to to handle. That that's another argument I've heard. And the numbers just don't pan out. If the actual argument is that sounds really complicated and that sounds kind of scary and certain demagogues are telling me that's a bad idea and I trust them and I'm nervous about that, that's a fair conversation. We can have that conversation. But if it automatically turns into the Sarah Palin McCain era nonsense of, well, socialized medicine will then therefore mean the government gets to decide if granny has a DNR on her body, a do not resuscitate. Yeah. And that's just simply quite quite frankly, that's simply out of date, cold war, anti left anything nonsense. Well you're familiar None. with the you're familiar with the Charlie Guard situation, right? Uh, give me a recap on that. Young, and I can tell you yes or no. Young boy in Great Britain, it was in the UK, um basically had a terminal illness um and at a certain point in time the government said we're not paying it was under socialized free health care for all um we're not paying for his surgeries anymore because we have they basically pronounced the child dead before he was dead and his parents kept saying well wait a minute like he's alive what do you mean you're not going to keep paying for his treatments and they're like well in our eyes he's terminal there's nothing we can do anymore we're not paying for his his visits anymore and when i heard that story i was like that's the exact situation and and if let me put it to you this way if there's a way and i'm not a doctor and i'm not an economist right uh, if there's a way for us to get health care for everybody and it doesn't change the normal everyday to day situation for american citizens who go to work who work hard or nice people you know by all means like let's do it I am in no way saying that having health care for everybody isn't something that I would like to sign up for. I no, just you're making necessarily... sure there's a there's a there's a legitimate plan that it's thought out and that there's follow through. And my which, which yeah, my biggest problem is I'm a small government guy. I'm a I'm a more local state level decision type of fellow. I guess you could say I don't want Trump or Hillary or Biden or Bush, any of them, you know, the figureheads, I'm using them as like the government, you know, them. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want them telling me what I can and can't do when I can go to State Farm, Liberty. In fact, I just changed insurance companies because I was like, man, I feel like this is really like, this is high. And I found another insurance company that cut my rates like in half, same exact coverage. I'm like, to me, that's, and maybe it's just because that's the world that I live in and uh, that's just my only really personal experience with it. That's what I think a free market creates. And the idea, and again, like we talked about it already, you know, free markets swallow up the smaller guy, swallow up the smaller guy, and then they become a monopoly. You can't have that either. But I just don't want the government or a, a faction of the government telling me again that my terminally uh, ill son isn't 
you know, worthy of the government's dollar anymore to go get his treatment in his final days. You know what I mean? And that's 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 fair. Um to be to be forthcoming, I'm not I'm not aware of that case. I would have to I would have to look into it. Yeah, you definitely um, should. And that Yeah. You know, Dan, um, um, that's exactly why we have these conversations because you've already made some <laughs> points that I'm like, hey, that that's a good, fair, and honest point. Um, and probably, and I try to listen to as many left-leaning people as I do right-leaning people. If I'm being completely honest, I probably listen more to like the right centrists, if you will. And those are the stories that get talked. What about, do you right? con- What do you consider a right centrist? I would say, um, just so I know where we're at on on. You know my spectrum. I would happened. say like your, um, gosh, I'm trying to think, like a Joe Rogan almost type, although he's kind of more on the left. Um, maybe, um, gosh, I'm blanking on names now. I'll tell so you like, who I do listen to a lot. I okay. listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Shapiro has a lot of takes that I disagree with, but he says a lot of things that I think make sense. Um, I listen to Dak Shepard's podcast, who's a left-leaning guy. Um, so I try to like I try to not just surround myself with people who identify one way or the other. Yeah, I don't need I'm, you to tell me that I'm right. That's not, no, exactly. Not gonna, what what is that going to do? It's the idea of I listen to 20 minutes of Fox News and then I listen to 20 minutes of CNN. You know what and, I mean? Yeah. Um. So to, to go back to that, to touch on the healthcare again, real quick. Um, what I would equate your analogy to, because it's actually a very good analogy, you could get a better rate. You switch to have a better rate, but the 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 what I thought was super interesting about that analogy is that it it's so close to what I'm talking about that I can actually like see your 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 train of thought behind it. But the 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 problem in it in that analogy is that you have to have the money to buy a car, and having owning a car by the DMV's very definition is a, is a privilege, not a right. I an, another important part of my argument with healthcare is that I do believe that healthcare is a human right. If the systems that were in place when I was a child, I didn't choose foster care, you know. I mean, who would? Yeah. It's not a great deal. I mean, I got to go to college. <laughs> I got to go to college pretty cheap, but um <laughs> as far as Thanksgiving, people got to bring me a plate, man. So I would trade you for sure. <laughs> no, um, I know what you mean. But and, yeah, that's that's, and maybe that's not the thing. The, maybe not the example that I just brought up is the best one as far as like healthcare insurance versus homeowners and auto insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, uh, we've talked about it again on here before. There's a lot of these, what we've referred to as 1% issues where 99% of the population should say, hey, insurance for foster kids? Like, we're all on board with that, right? Like, you know, hey, insurance for, you know, kids who are brought here illegally, um, you know, just because their parents, you know, didn't have the right things in place for them, like, we're going to treat them, right? You know, I'm just using mm-hmm. that as, like, a random situation. Another no, one... and the difference, the difference, I think, between between you and then other people that I associate with that I would, you know, think are more uh, more neoconservative or... Um... You know, even even that, like right right leaning, is that you you have that. What what I think you and I can agree on is that there is there is a, a moral 
compass and there are more moral stakes at play. And I feel like too often times people like Ben Shapiro, um, Dave Rubin, um, to an extent, uh, people on the left, such as Vosh, um, they remove that and they remove or they, they condense the entire human experience down to like a numbers equation. Yeah. Whereas you and I look at it and religiously, I don't know if your leader, your, uh, your uh, listeners know that about either you or I, but I'm an atheist. And for the time I've known Alex, he's a, he's a, you know, he's great. He's a Christian. Yep. And um, we've always connected over how odd it is that we have the exact same moral compass <laughs> and we believe quite literally the opposite thing and just about how we got here really that's i mean <laughs> i remember that was our one of our first conversations turned into something like that yeah and um well also we were at i'll never forget this moment when we were at my house at the lake house playing uh, beer pong and my brother put on uh fallout boy nobody puts baby in the corner acoustic and you like stop in your tracks and you go, is this nobody put baby in the corner acoustic? And I was like, I like that guy. I like that guy a lot. <laughs> I remember uh, another another good one for your listeners is there was a um, <laughs> there was a Halloween party that Alex had at his parents' house. Jeez, what? This would have been five, six years ago. No, it had to be a little longer than that. Maybe was, seven years ago. You're talking like seven, eight years. Yeah. 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 Where. Um, so Johnny Manziel is a football player. <laughs> um, if you don't, if you don't follow football, the name's not super important. But basically, he was he was an all star that season. He beat number one Alabama. He uh, it, it was it was crazy. He was a cra- he was a crazy good quarterback for his age. And they called him Johnny Football. And for Halloween that year, I went out to a sporting goods store here in here in Omaha called Dick's Sporting Goods, and I bought an entire legitimate football out like like uniform pads shoulder everything i bought the whole thing and then what i because they didn't offer um a texas a&m number two jersey in an adult size i had to buy it in a youth large and it was so it was tight (laughs) and i showed up at i showed up at alex's halloween party I did not take my sunglasses off all night. I had my hair in a faux hawk and I had stopped at a, um, a craft store and bought about $600 in fake $1 bills. And I was walking around his parents' house, throwing them at women. Yep. <laughs> we had a lot of those to clean up the next day, actually. Thanks to you. Yeah, that was, that was a good party though. It was, yeah, everybody had a great time. Uh, no alcohol consumption whatsoever. It was uh, very clean, uh, good, clean family fun, if you will. I find that hard <laughs> to believe. No, dude. No, come on. You know me. Um, I, that's why I find it hard to believe is because I know you. <laughs> Abby just said in the comments, oh, my God, I remember this. There was money everywhere. I think at one point at that party, if I remember correctly, Abby came to say something to me. And I had just folded over like 60 fake $1 bills. And I go, I'm going to pay you so I don't have to listen to this. <laughs> just because remember, I was a dick all so, night. <laughs> like I put up, I put up like the whole persona. I wasn't, I wasn't wearing a Johnny football uniform. I was 
Johnny football that night. Yeah. I think Dan Hawks was like, that was the closest I ever came to fighting you. Because <laughs> <laughs> his girlfriend was there, and I walked by, and I was, I was like, you could do better. And then you gave me the money, Dan. That was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. We could tell stories for hours. Um, so we talked about Ted Cruz, bad look. Um, probably not the best look in the world. And uh, now we'll move on to the other side of the aisle and our old friend uh, Andrew Cuomo in New York. I have so much to say about Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> I know you do because you hate him so much. <laughs> I hate him so much. And I, I got to be honest, uh, I don't like the guy. Don't I'm, not not a fan. You and I, you and I will have a beer over that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So Andrew Cuomo, a- as an entity, my biggest issue with him is liberals do this. It's really fucking odd thing. I don't know how to quite explain it, but what they do is they they sexually fetishize anyone who is what I would call, quote unquote, the adult in the room. Like they did it with Dr. Fauci. Fauci. They did it with Andrew Cuomo. And the whole time they're just, yes, queen doing that, you know. You know, pumping him up. The guy's the guy runs out of the fuck. He runs out of New York. He's Parade's in the New York political girl. machine. Braids girl, yes. Yeah. And you know what they don't talk about about Andrew Cuomo? You know what they don't talk about? The liberals don't talk about. <laughs> they don't talk about a lot. <laughs> yeah, they don't talk about how he condemned nearly three hundred thousand uh, homeless people in the city of New York to death. They don't talk about how on Rikers Island there was a at one point a thirty-seven percent COVID like test positive rate while the UN was begging him to release people from jail because you have the power there. We're talking people who are held without bail, meaning they don't, they don't have the money for bail or meaning that um, they don't have the money for bail or for whatever reason that they're not allowed bail, but they're nonviolent. It's nonviolent people. It's let's say your second, your second DUI or, um, yeah, yeah, something to that misdemeanor effect. Misdemeanor drug like, charge. Whatever. Yeah, mis- yeah, misdemeanor yeah. drug charge or like a low-level felony drug charge. Yeah. Something to that effect. The the UN Health Council begged the United States and begged Andrew Cuomo to release those, those prisoners because by definition and by design, you can't facilitate social distancing in a jail or in a prison. It can't be done. And obviously, I mean, I could go on with examples of how they, you know, attempted to have the best of both worlds and have prisoners alternate, you know, feet, you know, foot to head and then head to foot and just nonsense bullshit that was never going to fix anything. Cuomo did Cuomo did that. He didn't. He took him, I believe, three weeks to put on put up the rent moratorium and he didn't offer a rent freeze or a rent stoppage. So New Yorkers are getting kicked out of their homes today, right now, right as we speak. Andrew Cuomo, as the governor, as the executive officer of the state of New York, could have done anything to fix this. There are a myriad of, of things he could have done to handle this. And instead, what he ended up doing is killing and um, killing. And then this is like something that didn't have to happen. Advertently, inadvertently, I'd argue advertently because you're aware of the consequences. Um, he killed a ton of black people, black and, and BIPOC, and you know, just because di- they're disproportionately affected 
by COVID just due to the very nature of how COVID works. People like to say things like COVID doesn't see color. No, but what it does see is um, black single mothers often do not have access to health care. Black men often do not have jobs that allow them to obtain health care. And the poverty rate as it is as a whole is about equivalent to the um, incarceration rate. That the virus does see color because I can go to a doctor, because I can get treatment, because I have insurance, because I have, you know, a big boy job, you know, just like yourself. And as a result of those things, I can go get a well, COVID swab every day. Was New York was New York not handing out free COVID tests? I don't know about the COVID tests, but what I the thing that makes me the most mad about Cuomo is he dangled the um, the rent moratorium over and then failed to provide any he didn't he didn't back the um, the UBI that the World Health Organization recommended they said we can get this all done and over with in the United States if everybody stays home for two months give everybody four grand tell them to stay home not worry about it but with this specifically you don't have to do that you can declare as a governor you can declare a state of emergency like what's happening in Texas right now right now um, Ben is going to get hit I'm sure with a power bill 15 times or 15,000 times higher than he would normally get because of all the outages. Well, That's a, if he had power the whole time. He's well, time. So I'm not going to get hit with the power bill because I'm just here for a week um, just for some training. Ben, um, did, ben, did you get your internet situation figured out? Did I read Yeah, that? I just I uh, just switched over to use the hotspot on my phone since the Wi-Fi kept kicking me out of the Zoom call. Okay, I got you. I don't want to keep shutting you out of the conversation. I just don't know. No, you're good. That's why I haven't or... talked a whole lot. Yeah, for no. the majority of this is because I have literally caught bits and pieces as you guys have been talking, so I just let y'all run with it. No, I, I just like I like to think end. I like to think you're actually just in awe of how <laughs> articulate I am. That's what I like. I am blown away. I mean, but, you hear no, that uh, word? That word was four syllables. This guy knows it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not gonna get hit with power because I'm just here um, on. On, on base for some training, but I have seen, and this is the this is the bullshit that I that I um I'm, I'm, I don't I don't like at all. So Texas is not that great of a state anymore in my eyes, uh, because so this happened, and through multiple failings, um, politically really, uh, Texas failed to winterize its its um, its power grid and its infrastructure. Uh, since the last time that something like this happened, which was forever ago, um, but it's so they they failed to do that, and then all you know, this Arctic blast, polar vortex, whatever you want to call it, happened and and, and forced so the forget, Midwest. Don't forget they they removed themselves from the eastern power grid. They right, so they have the whole thing. Privatized their own power grid, and and and, and in doing so, the companies that are uh, in charge of these this, the privatized power grid know that it's very expensive to update their shit. And so they don't update it unless something breaks. And the majority of this, and this is true for the most of the United States, the, the most of the power grid is is still set up from like the 50s and 60s, and we've moved well past population. Yeah. After, for, after Eisenhower uh, and initiated the basic... The population, the yeah, the population yeah. has grown exponentially past what the power grid can handle, um, and, and Texas having, having, uh, privatized and, and, and they're in it now just for the money, don't fix anything unless it breaks. And then they, 
kind of sort of updated a little bit and they've done fuck all to winterize their shit which i you I can't really you can't really blame them for that but. i can't really blame them for that because it's texas and, and normally texas doesn't get that cold and you don't really have to worry about winterizing shoes up but this is like you know those that one in a million chance where that polar vortex came down and just sat over the midwest and and, and parts of the south for for a week and really just screwed everybody and but even even, is, even with the government stepping in because up here in omaha we were getting our power cycled to convert it and send it down to texas now right. I, I didn't get hit with it personally um but a lot of a lot of my friends did you know it was only a night or two but you know it pulled four or five hours here four or five hours there um and it yeah it's the result of not not adequately keeping up your infrastructure because you're privatized you don't have an incentive to do that you don't have an exactly. incentive to to need to have reliable things and it all comes down to whether or not when i say okay i want to be clear here when i say a utility what i mean is that by definition what i'm talking about is something that most people cannot live without cannot cannot function in society without internet yeah, power, very, water. internet has very recently become one of those as well um i would that that's my personal argument some would differ and that's fine um but water heat um you know electricity police fire fire departments i think we're all on the same page that these things need to be functional why are they being driven yeah. for profit what are you talking about? I'm pissed well, off enough if I get kicked out of a really good Overwatch game I'm in because my power right. out. Let alone, let alone if it goes out because I got to bail out a bunch of assholes down in Texas who were just yeehaw. We were making a lot of money, boss. Yeah, so that's the thing that they continue <laughs> to do is the majority of the state lost power, and those that still had it utilized it because they were cold as balls. So. And, and this is just, uh, this is an example. I saw a video recently. So in, in California, um, and this is pretty high, uh, given I think the national average, but in California, it's like 60 to 70 cents a kilowatt hour. That's what they charge for power usage. Yep. So for the people in Texas that still had power, some of them were getting charged upwards of 9 to $10 a kilowatt hour because they still had power and were still using it to yep. stay warm and stay alive. So now at the end of a week, their power bill is upwards of four to five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars for yep. a power bill. And their solution to that—you wouldn't pay is... that much in power <laughs> yeah. in 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 a year, maybe. Like maybe in a year, you would pay that much. We're well, not paying that much. Ben, what I was, what it's, I, it's it's supposed to be divided. Okay, it's not yeah. our fault that the power wasn't being you know able to be divided. Oh wait. We didn't update Which is bullshit, our systems, it is 100% and it really is one hundred percent our fault that the power should have been divided, and now we're just going to charge the normal average show because they had power more for the same. We're going to place the entire state's yeah. the entire state's average on these seven people Don't that had power, so we can still a, get our better, money. I have a better idea. I have a better idea. Governor takes out his pen, tells him get fucked, and then that's it. Yeah, but he's that's not the end of the story. But here's what here's what I think is going to happen. This may be prophetic, okay? This may be exactly what happens. This is what I think is going to happen. I think what the Biden administration is going to do is they are going to bail out this energy bill so that liberals get to look at it and feel good about helping the people of Texas. The Texan people don't have to pay this massive bill. I did the rough napkin math on it too. If it was $60 a day to run your refrigerator, 
for refrigerator while the power was on. If you pay 60 a month in, you know, electric or what have you, and the, the rates did go up 15,000%, like it has in some areas, that's a $900,000 bill. Their, their pittance solution to that was we can divide it over 10 years. I got news for you, brother. I don't make 90000 a year. <laughs> like, yeah. If, yeah. I, if I did, I still couldn't afford it. Like, and it's asinine. Liberals are going to look at this. They're going to pass that sort of legislation. And what they're going to do is they're going to do that back padding, uh, hand wringing bullshit that they always do. Tell the company to get fucked. Why bail them out? Why is it that anytime something happens in this country to an individual person, you tell them, you know, well, you know, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're Stuff whatever. Shit. Like, Stuff shit. shit. Eat it. And then anytime a company gets in trouble, I guarantee you, like I said, I'm not I'm not a politician, but I guarantee you that is exactly how they fucking handle this. They're gonna well, no, for sure. and, and company Alex and I talked about this before. And they're gonna and they're gonna pretend they're gonna pretend they're gonna do the liberal shit of oh look what we did today. We're so good. No, tell them to get fucked. Powers of human right. like, that's well, right. Like <laughs> Alex and I have talked about this before in regards to like the 2008 bailout and, and how the, the government operated then like privatized companies came and were like, Oh, please, sir, can you help us? And what the government should have done then is what we're telling, you know, what they should do with these power companies. Now it's something like, tough shit. You're a privatized company. If you can't make it, you can't make it. Sorry. We're yeah. not here to bail you out. But yeah. because of the way money works and how our government has become now, they're invested. They're in each other's beds. And so they're going to help each other out. And, then, like you said, the liberals will look at this as, as a way to, to, to make themselves look good and make themselves look good to the Texan people so that maybe next time an election comes around, they'll be like, oh, the liberals helped us out, not the conservatives. And then maybe and they'll flip the state. It's beautiful because oh, it looks like somebody asked um, ask him if he plays Mercy. I <laughs> do, OK, so um, I play three characters primarily. I play I'm a Grandmaster's Reinhardt. Jesus Christ. I play Mercy to about a master's level, and then the best DPS I play is probably going to be Reaper or Soldier, but that's barely at gold. Just He's too good for us, Combo. No, no. If, I, if I'm playing DPS, I'm right there with you. I'm yeah, right see, there. We don't need DPS. We need... We need <laughs> this is wildly off topic, but Three months ago, I actually cracked top 500 Reinhardt. I ended at 497 for BC. Insane. Are you guys speaking Insane. English? Yeah, well, sorry. Combo <laughs> and I play Overwatch, but we play yeah. on PS4. We're always, we're always looking for people that actually like play good healers because we both play tanks and we end up carrying a team all the time and our season rank is reflecting. So, but anyway, that's another topic for another time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Not um, here. Yeah, and we never really touched on the whole thing about Cuomo, why he's like in as much trouble as he is now. And well, okay, so he's in a lot of trouble right now. He's under investigation for basically just fucking off nursing homes and killing everyone in the nursing homes. Yeah. And then, essentially what you were saying, Alex, about like the, that, that story with that, that kid overseas, Cuomo basically authorized or, or at the very least at the most, at the, at the most generous did not stop um, these like COVID rattled nursing homes from accepting more people, but like not letting them out, just putting them essentially in, like almost like I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but if 50, 60, 70% of your nursing home has COVID, 
you as the governor need to do something about that. Not anyone who's in cannot leave. That's not a quarantine. That's and then a, still that's stuff other COVID riddled people into there. Or not even COVID riddled people just accept new people into their super spreader. Either. Yeah. And these are, and these are people in society that can't afford to, yeah, they, they will die. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're the most vulnerable. Um, it'd be like, if we were talking about a preschool, we'd be like, not a good look, but I mean, those kids are, you know, they're going to be fine. Like not many four and five year olds are dying from COVID, but now let's flip that. And that's already like wrong. And now we're talking about 70 and 80 year olds and above like the most vulnerable amongst our society. And then when they die, just say, Hey, uh, let's not count that as a hospital or let's not count that as a COVID death. Let's count that as a hospital death. And if you don't, I'm going to end your career and I'm going to come for you. Like that's the other kind of horrific part about it is the guy was literally like, he wasn't threatening. He was in a, people. he was in a position to save a lot of people's lives with the stroke of a pen, but because he wanted to present the image of New York as a whole handling this well, um, whilst also being one of the most populous States in the union, uh, of course you're going to be, number two, number three, number one on getting hit by COVID list. Instead of, of doing and exercising the power that he could do, could and ought to have, he essentially fucked off. And that's that's insane. There's not a good reason for that other than you don't want to acknowledge, like liberals do this shit all the time. They They consistently identify a problem and then their solution to it is we will look into it. We'll create a task force. How about you actually fucking do something instead of this liberal hand wringing bullshit? They do it all the fucking time. That's why people hated Hillary Clinton. That's why people don't like even people who voted for him don't fucking like Biden. Like you, there are only so many times you can hand somebody a saltine cracker and call it a, a pre dinner appetizer before they're like where's my fucking meal man yeah like i really genuinely thought that biden would lose this election and that that would be the death blow to the democratic party and instead they make this promise of you elect to if you overturn the entire state of georgia flip those two votes so that the senate has a majority democrat we will have two thousand and elect me president we'll have two thousand dollar checks out the door we are now on Day 32 of that. It doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. The, the Democrats get, they just, they, they give a pittance. It's like a pauper's pittance, man. They never follow through because they don't intend to follow through. No, they want to, they want to look not as heartless as Republicans whilst also doing nothing systemically to change the problem at hand. No, and I, I don't want to spend too long on this, so this will be the last note because we still have two other topics we need to get to. But um, uh, uh, going back to your topic of the death blow of the Democratic Party being Trump getting reelected, my my hope, and we've talked about this a lot also, is it won't be ne necessarily the death blow to the Republican or the Democratic Party, but it will more so be the death blow to this two-party system that keeps splitting up 50% of the country to vote for X person and 50% or 51 and 49, whatever. 
and actually bring somebody forward to where they can really make positive changes and actually Correct. live behind yeah. what they say that they're going to do because now uh, there's more political podcasts than ever. There's more tweets about politics than ever. It, that's one thing. If if you give Trump one thing, it's that he really shined a light on politics because people either loved him or they hated him. And you really didn't run into a single person that was like, Donald Trump never heard of him, you know, mm -hmm. and I've Donald Trump is, heard is, it. is a genius at advertising his brand. Yeah. And, and what what he did what he what he did to win the election and what very well almost won him this this last election was he he spoke not to major donors but he spoke to American people as a populist. It doesn't like it doesn't matter whether or not you specifically voted for Trump. You can't deny that he was he was the president, and then he was nearly the president again. So if you put 10 people in a room, if we had 100 million Americans that voted and Biden got 60 or 130, you know, whatever have you. The percentage was not off by more than a digit of who did and didn't vote for Trump. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who Trump's populism and some might argue demagoguery really, really speak to. And that what it, it speaks to this idea growing within America of like, I did everything right. I went to school. I work hard. I'm a good person. Why Why is my life just an endless series of bills and disappointments? And what Trump did better than almost anyone in probably 50 years was say, it's not your fault. I'm, I would argue his energy was directed in a very aggressive and unsuitable way be, by blaming mostly immigrants. But you cannot deny that what he and Bernie do at the heart of it is say, look, this two party system shit, this is bullshit. The, the Republicans want to cut the Republicans want to increase our taxes and cut any sort of uh, state assistance. And the Democrats are going to do the same thing, but they're going to put an LGBTQ flag on it. <laughs> like it's not it's just fucking pandering man it's it's fucking pandering amen dude amen and yep. i think i think i think that i think we're more often than not I, I don't usually say it this boldly but more often than not i think i think republicans are selfish and inept whereas liberals are are cunning and morally backwards they know exactly what they're doing absolutely and that the, at least the Republican, at least Mitch, at least Mitch McConnell will tell me eat shit to my face. OK, <laughs> he won't he won't pull he won't pull a, a $30 pint of ice cream out of his $50,000 freezer and then tell me, you know, oh Black Lives Matter investigation. Like, fuck you. God damn. Like and the older that our generation gets, we're already the biggest voting block that that exists. And we're not 10 year old kids anymore. We, yeah. we are the biggest voting block that's there. We're approaching our 30s. Um, the system, what, all we've ever known in our lifetime is endless war and endless recession, endless calls for austerity measures, endless calls for bootstraps. This system isn't fucking working for us. So you get somebody like Trump to stand up and say, maybe we can fix this shit because we deserve to fix it. 
you're gonna get a lot of fucking votes, man. Yeah. And with that, uh, Ben, I know you're uh, eager to talk about our next point. In I mean, we can save that to the end. Or do you we can save, save that, that to the, the end. end? You want to yeah, we'll on, save that to the end. Let's just move into on, uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh real quick. Yeah, let's we'll just touch on on Rush's death real fast, and then uh, and and go from there. Yeah, this will be. I I know about Gina Carano's tweets and stuff, and I don't know a lot about other than that with her and her life, but uh, I do know about Rush Limbaugh because I used to listen to him a fair amount, and he would say things and I'd be like rush dude come on and then he would turn around and say something I'm like yeah no that's you know that's uh that's a pretty good statement and he let me just frankly say has made some not great statements over his career and he did spend um a fair amount of time addicted to prescription painkillers and uh, I think that's where you really see some of like the craziest, but even or the craziest times of his life. I should finish that se- sentence. Even in his later years, he started getting into some of like the deep state conspiracy stuff. But he did kind of revolutionize and revitalize AM radio at a certain point in time. And the thing that I always enjoyed listening to about Rush Limbaugh is he would call himself an idiot just as quickly as he would call anybody else an idiot. And when you're on live radio for 40 years or whatever, his show is at least three hours a day. Like, I I think you're bound to slip up when you're that vocal and that brash and you're not, you know, he spoke his mind. Are you arguing? Are you you arguing that overall he's a, positive figure who made a couple gaffes is that what you're kind of arguing i would say he so for me he made more than a couple gaffes he was historically prone to disparaging the gay community women yeah i think color, i think he's a misogynist more, racist more <laughs> so than than he did any any I, anything else and and there was there have been a couple times where he admitted he's like oh, i do kind of regret saying that he's like he's like i don't know enough <laughs> It wasn't enough remorse what? in his in his heart to really get after it. I'll give him credit; he did revolutionize, you know, um, AM talk radio as it was, you know, it was kind of dying, and he was like one of the main voices that came back and like revitalized it or whatever. But for me, I remember listening to like my dad having Rush Limbaugh on in the car, and for the most part, like there goes Ben bragging about my- his having a dad. Cool dude, <laughs> awesome man. <laughs> Damn. Um, no, but like I can remember my dad being in the car when Rush would say something, and my dad would be like, "Shut, shut up, like, yeah, shut up." Like you know, we're, I, as as a family, we we were you know more right leaning than anything else, but I, I would consider us as a whole to be more moderate um, with right leaning tendencies. But like you know, for me, from what I remember listening to Rush when I was a kid, and and, and all this other stuff, like that dude was a crackpot, and he was so far into like just the conservative wheel and, and, and just, you know, and maybe that was just part of his gig on his show. But like, for me, it felt like he never gave, you know, credit where credit was due on the other side. Uh, It was just like, the conservatives are always right. If you're gay, black, a woman, shut up. What I'd like to point out here is that Rush Limbaugh 
and Alex Jones exist in the same area. Mean, meaning that we, we know from the divorce documents of Alex Jones's divorce that his wife was like, he's clearly unfit to take care for our children and I want full custody. He had to admit out loud into a, into a court transcript that I play a character on the show. Now, that's true. That's true of a lot of conservative talking heads. It's certainly true of Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck. Um, say people well, like Jordan to, Peterson. To, inter to interject there just for a second, Rush always claimed that he was the same person on air that he was off air. Just, well, then just, and not, I, not I saying, can't bail him out then. And not saying, <laughs> well, well, and I'm not saying that that's not necessarily playing a coy role and saying, no, people aren't going to listen to me if I claim that I'm someone different off air. Because a lot of people off air, um, God, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Who is the, the moderator in one of the debates? Chris Wallace. Um, yeah, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace was actually really good friends with Rush. Uh, aside from uh, interviews and Fox News and so on and so forth, Tucker Carlson's and, another one too. You'll you'll see him at the same events that you'll see the Clintons at. Exactly. You know? Um, and I like Chris Wallace. I especially when he was grilling Trump as hard as he was during Trump's presidency and really kind of holding his feet to the fire. Anyway, side story. Chris Wallace said the Rush Limbaugh that you would have dinner with was a lot different, a lot quieter, a lot almost more of a shy guy um, than what you saw on Rush's radio show. So I just wanted to interject that real quick. But I think he was being more coy than what he let on. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, the man is if the man's smart enough to build that kind of fan base and make that kind of money. There are things that you can push and there are things that you cannot push. So when you are hyperbolic, those people are going to continue to watch you and they're going to watch you more than they would otherwise. The The problem with Rush Limbaugh that, that I have specifically is... I'm trying to just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the big ones that I always hated was that he would do that weekly segment and list off the names of people who had died of AIDS that week. Um, and morally, that's disgusting. That's I don't I, I could I couldn't I could never wrap my head around why you would do that. Like, sure, maybe they're gay. Sure, maybe they're people of color. But like, what are you actually getting at? What's the What's the point? Why do it? Why celebrate it? Unless you're a very cruel man or you're playing the character of a cruel man. But my argument is that there really isn't a separation between the two because you're fanning the flames of that shit. Like all these, all these white supremacist shooters that we've had over the last couple years, like a lot of them will cite like YouTubers by name. Ben Shapiro has been listed. Dave Rubin has been listed. Jordan Peterson has been listed because they, 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 they aren't necessarily the problem. 12 rules for life. One of, the, one of the books Jordan Peterson wrote that kind of made very him a breakout familiar. star. Yep, very um, familiar. Not a bad book, but the the problem is that because of the algorithms and because of that content holding that people do, it's very easy to get to a point where 
and I don't know if this is directly true with Peterson or not, quite frankly, but you essentially hit Nazism at a certain point. You're going to run into it. Stefan Molyneux is a good example. People who, and then you're going to start to hear that that uh, that leftism as a whole um, is a, a a Bolshevik Jewish plot. You that sounds um, right out of my mouth. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's no. a bol- it's a Bolshevik Jewish. Well, Plot, and, and we need to come together as Americans. On the left side, join together as Americans. On the left side, you'll get to more of a Marxist ideology of where you have to burn the whole thing down and hashtag eat the rich or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. you you can you can even look at like a Tulsi Gabbard or uh, um, who are some other left leaning pundits that are like pretty you know might have some disagree on policy because i listen to ben shapiro and jordan b peterson um a whole lot um yeah or like a yang or a gabber or or they'll feed you so it goes back to that same issue of like the algorithms and social media using that to rile people up but at the end of the day if it causes violence you're accountable i mean right and that's what i was going to say when when you mentioned those you know the, the the shooters that that call out you know YouTubers that they got their you know manifestos from with the site as the reason for them doing it. So those people have uh, a moral obligation, whether they play a character or not. Um, they have a moral obligation to state, you know, like. Are we are we saying that the that like the Gabberts and the Yangs have the obligation, and the Petersons and the Shapiros have an obligation, or the social media algorithms have the obligation? I would argue I you can, you can have it. both. You can, yeah, you can yeah. have both. You, I would you say are, both. Like, if yeah. you are in a position of, of, of power or influence like that, you have an obligation to the people that are your listeners to say, you know, this is, you know, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Um, and, but, and I think there's a, and I'm trying to figure out how to how to put this. Maybe maybe Dan can help here in a second. Um, but you have an obligation to put it out there to, to somehow mitigate some sort of risk or, or or somebody using it as as their motivation for going out and committing atrocities. And the problem the problem that exists now is that it, so Trump did something incredibly innovative that historians will look back on as probably the legacy of his presidency. And that is Noam Chomsky is a, is a, a philosopher and a, a social scientist who he wrote a book about it's called Manufacturing Consent. I highly recommend it. It's a very, very good book. And it, it describes the way in which the media over oh, collective media accessible to everyone, you know, NPR to Fox News, it's all the same to them. That's what he's talking about. That whole put anything in between. You know, Jacobin all the way to Stormfront. It's all the same in that in that they are all pushing a political narrative and Americans didn't really realize that this was happening until we woke up and it was kind of too late. Like you've got people like Glenn Beck who, you know, only was very recently, you know, like let go of who is literally ranting on about how that that Bolshevik Jewish Marxist socialist plot to destroy the government is being like BLM is involved in it. Uh, certain members of the anti-fascist movement are involved in it. And like the, the contempt that I hold for these individuals isn't in that 
I don't believe they can discern the difference. The contempt I have is that I think they do know the difference. And at a certain point, if I have a platform and I tell everyone on it to go out and, and literally murder Jewish people, and then that actually happens to a certain degree, civilly, um, I'm not even talking like civil, like civilly or criminally liable, but like morally, um, yeah, liable. If if you say the words "go out and murder Jewish people," and then people are <laughs> murdered who are Jewish and then you say, well, I didn't murder them. I just told people to do it. Yeah. You should. A thousand yeah, you, don't, you, you, don't get to, you don't get to throw your hands up and no. go, how could this have happened? I, I think, like, <laughs> I think where, I think where like the Shapiro's and the Peterson's get a bad rap is where they, they do treat normal situations almost like a numerical equation. Right. And we, like, yeah, we touched on that yeah, earlier. Exactly. I think I was we, getting to we, that earlier. We yeah. talked about that earlier and they, they never end up into the situation where they weren't, I mean, Ben Shapiro is obviously a Jewish person. Like he wears his yarmulke everywhere. Obviously well, and, he, to be fair, Candace Owens is a black woman who actively I, doesn't want to have the black community. <laughs> and, well, and I think a Candace Owens is another one that I listen to or that I watch a lot. And I, I don't, if someone can can pinpoint a situation where any of those people have said something that have sparked a, a, a not a riot or anything that has gone to the point where you want specificity per- is what it, you're saying. It, exactly. You want it beyond so plausible any, deniability. Anybody, anybody could take what I say and say, "Well, I heard it." We we see it in Christianity all the time where we look at the same verse and people draw different conclusions or different interpretations from that verse. And then they probably go out and we've seen it in the Bible, use it for, for violence. And it's like, well, well the you, thing with that is, is that nobody takes those. You, you have to understand that the context and, and the, the idea behind the state, you, you can't just take the words, right? In fact, my girlfriend and I were in a conversation this week about um, the people... Bolshevik Jewish plot to that, yeah, exactly the yeah no um, about using the the n word obviously not calling a black person the n word but saying it in a rap lyric if you're white right she was singing along to a, a song at work sure and and said the word with the lyric and somebody was like hey um, you can't say that coincidentally the person was white um and she was like oh my god i'm so sorry like obviously i'll never do it again i i just it slipped you know whatever uh the context behind in which she was using it was much different than if you just went home and said could you believe that this white girl at work said n-i-g-g-a you know? yeah no well, like, no you, I, you I i completely get that the context context is key but yeah, if we're looking and, at context we got Alex. We got to look at narrative. If you perpetuate, Absolutely. if you perpetuate the same narrative over and over and over again over a series of years, that your your girlfriend saying that, while it might be a social faux pas, she can still continue to do that with very little consequence, other than people are going to be like, "She sucks." <laughs> <laughs> like what what I'm talking about is like slowly building. Um, the big lie, as Goebbels would call it, or or building the the other, and 
and what a lot of these a lot what a lot of these these people have done and I, I, I really don't think it like I really don't think that they're so smart or I really don't think they're so dumb that they don't see it. These people are worth millions of dollars, you know. I don't I don't really buy it. I don't buy I don't buy that Tucker Carlson, Candace Owens, and Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson don't say things to their base that that are like that could be su- like super misconstrued. Like what white conservative men more often than not want to hear is you're absolutely correct. That's just true. It's the same for it's the same for fucking liberals, which is how you end up with like Rachel Maddow still on the fucking air. You know, like the the problem is the the echo chamber. The whole point. It's funny we're talking about that because like (laughs) that was the whole point of this conversation is like you can go in either direction, but if if you can go in either direction, but as of this juncture, as of this present time, only one side of that equation has resulted in a couple dozen mass murders of the other. Speaking as far as citing like a Ben Shapiro or a Jordan Peterson type figure is that the yeah conclusion? what I what I'm okay. saying is that over the last four years since the whole anti um, the anti SJW um, YouTube trend or what have you Ben Shapiro um, Dave Rubin uh, Candace Owens and I would say Jordan Peterson to a certain extent they're they're very good at at, at debating they are I, I'm not going to take that away from them they're they're good at playing the game but what i'm getting at is you sounding smart to a bunch of teens because of because of your youtube videos that can perpetuate violence if the topic that you're debating is something such as like black lives matter is a terrorist movement or anti-fascists are the real fascists like that 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 can not only because not only in the West do we suffer from a historical Ill, like illiteracy, essentially, we also suffer from being being an empire that people just don't seem to in, in our situation in the West here. We're not we're not willing to hear that, accept that or learn about that. We just take it as 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 it is at face value. And when you basically that our problem comes from our national identity is that of a conqueror, but our national situation is very bad economically. How do we fix this? And most people would come to the conclusion that we need to either reform capitalism or we need to expand social safety nets, create uh, new government union jobs, well-paying jobs. Some people take that and turn it on its head and say the reason your job sent your or the reason your boss sent your job to Mexico is because the labor's cheaper. That's a very different conversation than just outright calling Mexican refugees and immigrants rapists and, and, and criminals. It's yeah, and that's, that that rhetoric is supremely important. Yeah. Because absolutely. you can have an honest conversation about it. But I'm but not but, when you're not when you're demonizing the other, because like we learned in Kristallnacht, you know, the, the march on the Capitol, these things have real consequences. The Blue Lives Matter crowd killed two fucking cops. 
like are we not gonna talk about well yeah and, and like would, you know you know what i mean by that like we and, now need to pump the brakes and like talk as a nation about what the fuck is acceptable and what isn't i would argue also that anybody that was truly blue lives matter obviously would not have beaten two cops to death and whether that's true or not i don't know i don't know the two people personally i don't know who they followed on facebook or whatever but i would argue that anybody that would claim to care about cops lives would not go out and assassinate cops um but to get back to the point to play devil's advocate just to wrap this up like with the shapiro's and the petersons being responsible for you know conclusions drawn about what they have said we could then justify the fact that the black lives matter campaign managers should all be held accountable for all the looting rioting and burning buildings that happened throughout many cities throughout the nation which in fairness to i'm playing devil's advocate i don't think that necessarily should be the case but using that same logic the very leaders that i deal that have come out and said that they um identify with marxist um you know ideologies we should be able to hold them if we're going to put a ben shapiro or a jordan peterson in jail for what their followers have done those people should be right along with them and i i would agree with that if there were a single death attributed to the black lives matter movement over oh, the last dan. summer dan my friend you know that if you're were... talking about if you're talking about police running over protesters with their cars times no but or in terms police of officers being gunned down in new york as a result of the black lives matter movement or or black and again i don't care what your skin color is black lives mm. matter supporters blocking entrances for those same police officers that were just gunned down in the street because they don't think they should be allowed to get to the hospital. And then when the police officers do get to the hospital, they're trying to get up to their rooms because they want to check on them. And they're like, hey, friends and family only. They're like, no, we just want to check on them. And they're like making TikToks and shit after police officers get shot. I mean, that's a pretty direct correlation if hmm. we're going to start putting people in jail because of the uh, followers. And there was, two, there was two deputies out in California that got gunned down in the same type of way. And had yeah. to go and like went to the hospital, and people were trying to like you know do the same type of shit. So there's definitely been, and that um, that's that's directly directly related to protesting of the police days within days. They had attributed absolutely. themselves as part of the black the Black Lives Matter movement. Correct. Okay, so so like upon arrest, the, like a manifesto, like like uh, that's what I'm asking. Is like there's like they're documenting well, like a manifesto or anything but they at some point verbally i killed i killed that, a cop because blue lives don't matter i support blm that's, black lives it, matter that's what i'm asking for us to rise up exactly yeah type in tweets. okay i can't okay. i can't it, yeah in very simplified i'd be yeah. i'd be very i'd be very interested um to see that to to my Look knowledge up. as someone who in, in omaha has has been a part of it has been a part of the Nebraska Left it's, Coalition. It's not in. It's not in Omaha. It's. In, I'm talking New York. There is. I believe. No, that's what. That's what I mean. Is I. I would like to do a dive on that. Oh like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because yeah. I don't. I don't know enough about it to rebuttal it. And so therefore, you know. And one if, thing, they, if that is indeed the case, then that certainly is a problem. One thing, Definitely. Dan, that I'm that I'm learning more and more as we chat 
is that how dangerous because again you've said things that i'm like i wasn't aware of that and i've said a couple things that you weren't aware of how and we both strive to not live in an echo chamber where we hear the same things over and over we both want what's best for the common good of humanity but yeah i'm not i'm not here because like i'm the guy with the answer no and well and that's what i'm saying like uh again the whole point of us having this conversation was to get out of the echo chamber and as we continue to chat i'm continuing to realize how important it is to have civil conversations with people that may not agree with us or may have different ideas than us and actually sit down and be able to chat and say hey i don't know it all you don't know it all but together we can be better and we still might not agree and that's okay but anyway i i just had to throw that in there real quick because no certainly it's, it's a nice it's a nice change of pace from i've always you've, you know me you've known me a long time i've always despised that uh that you know you're so smart. You're, you know, that back padding bullshit. Yes, queen. Um, yes, yeah, queen. I, I fucking hate <laughs> it, man. It's the worst. It's like, do you not like, like or, why would you want to live in that world instead of reality, man? Like, yeah. You can affect reality. Like all of us together can affect reality. But what I was saying about Trump earlier is what you can't overlook. What you can never possibly overlook that historians are going to look back on as the legacy of his presidency is the 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 invention of um and a lot of this uh, this ties into what like the violence that has been committed more than more than almost any other single thing is alternate realities where fake news things can be fake news where i don't like what you're saying it's not true like we've seen this play out before there are empirical things that do or don't happen dates do exist you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean and i think the worst part about fake news is that fake news isn't always fake news anymore it's lies with a hint of truth just Correct. Enough it's it's truth, just plausibly deniable enough to not be a lie. Just enough just barely. truth to have some some hints and some traces to the truth, but just enough narrative to get people to where we want them to think and how mm -hmm. we want them to think. And that's a fucking dangerous. That's a dangerous ideology to fall into because you get people who are the quote-unquote fact-checkers and say, well, no, he's telling the truth because he said X, Y, and Z. Well, A, B, C, D, E, F, G was all bullshit. So can we look at that? You know, anyway, we got to we gotta keep on moving here to our last topic because I don't want to short Ben on his <laughs> Yeah, Ben's been girl. so patient. Ben's been so patient. <laughs> when Ben, so you've watched before, obviously, Dan. Ben is typically um, like the moderator and – doing all the behind the scenes stuff but he's had to stay quiet and i feel bad i miss you ben no it's fine i didn't um, mean i didn't mean to take over your podcast no, it's, guys no it's, 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 that's, no, it's that's, that's, yeah. that's not even that's, that's not even the thing no it's totally fine and it's definitely uh it's it's good it's good because uh, sometimes i get it on a roll and i just talk a whole bunch and uh people tell me to shut up so this was your opportunity to see me shut up for a little while 
Um, so our last, our last topic, and this is what I kind of been itching to, to, to get after because this, this topic has always pissed me off to, to no end, um, since its inception is cancel culture. And, uh, so one of the most recent victims of cancel culture, uh, has been, uh, Gina Carano, who, for all you Star Wars nerds out there, uh, she plays, um, the the rebel drop trooper from the Mandalorian, and uh, she she is has historically been known as a more right leaning individual, but she doesn't back down from her beliefs, and she has been under you know scrutiny from Disney for it before, but this was probably the last straw for all of it. So recently, she's she put out a few tweets and a couple of uh, an Instagram story, and what she did. I think the thing that really got her and what everybody else really um, uh, started the hashtag fire Gina Carano about was the fact that she had a post on Instagram. Uh, it was a Jewish woman running away from, from men with clubs in, uh, in Ukraine in 1941. And her caption underneath that, um, I'm trying to simplify it down, uh, was she, she was saying that it, was, it didn't start with the Nazis rounding up the Jews in and during World War II, it started with their, the government, the Nazi government, putting that fear into their neighbors and their neighbors ratting them out, basically. And then she went on to kind of equate that to um, the political she, she climate. She put it with the, uh, the, the, the Ermo poem that, you know, first they came for the communists. I did not speak out because I'm not a communist. Then they came for the, you know, labor, le- labor union leaders, but I didn't speak out. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you get to the end and it's, and then they came yeah. for me, but there's nobody left to speak out for me. I, I think exactly. that's what you're saying. Because I'm not it, personally it, familiar with it, but I think that's what it's referencing. Yeah, it was, Is that, was that kinda, the intention? I feel, well, she was, she was, she had equated the, the fact, you know, it was, it was your neighbors that it was the, the Jewish people's neighbors that ratted them out first and that, that, that turned on them first. Um, before that before the government did which in turn made it easier for the government to step in and do their thing and i don't think that was the be all end all she wasn't saying that the government's going to step in and start rounding people up but what she was equating that to was the fact and she said this in her instagram story was the fact that you know she related it to our our political climate now where people are just at each other's throats at all times for differing political views and they can't sit down and do what we've done this whole time and have a civilized conversation and at the end of it go all right cool let's go grab a beer or something all right, so that's that was her gist behind it, but nobody got that gist behind it. Everybody took that and 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 spun it as her saying, you know, her equating uh, conservatives to modern day Jews, and the left was coming after us, or us, or 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 conservatives, or whatever you want to say. Like that was that was the people's that was people's spin on it. So then they started this whole fire Gina Carano thing. Um, which Disney listened to, and they did. They ended up firing her, so she's no longer going to be a part of the Mandalorian. Which, just, um, and just to provide a little bit, I didn't know this about her um, personally. She was an ex MMA fighter. Um, I did. Yeah, she's an ex MMA fighter, and she's been outwardly spoken as a conservative since basically she was an MMA fighter. So there was already yeah, a little bit of she's fuel never... in the tank there for left leaning yeah, individuals to come after her. Just. Right, exactly. And there was a video my brother shared with me um, that's basically, she's been the type of person that um, it was, the video was called The Girl That Never Backed Down or whatever. So given her MMA background past, 
and her. You said you said she's just. Um, wait a minute. You said she's just been approved for that. The girl never backed down. Like that's a project that's gonna go. That's gonna happen now. No, 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 no. It was. It was. There's it something was she's a, doing. There's something she's doing with the Daily Wire, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she just. Yeah, and that that's in the article that I have pulled up. She her ah, agency okay. dropped her, and the Daily Wire. She's working on something with the Daily Wire. But this was just a video that my little brother shared with me when he brought this up to me. It, I, it was something along that lines of the YouTube video, the title like that. But basically, it was just a quick, you know, overview of her life that was like, you know, she's always been the type of person that stands by her guns, stands by her beliefs, no matter what she says. And if you don't like it, then, you know, pretty much like, sorry, but not sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, her her and her, her, her co-star, Pedro Pascal, who plays The Mandalorian, have differ- differing um, viewpoints, political viewpoints, uh, but they, you know, and they both have misstepped uh, on social media before. Pedro's done, uh, you know, some missteps here and there. He openly put out Ted Cruz's like office number on Twitter or something. My favorite was Ted Cruz on the anniversary of nine eleven, um, accidentally retweeting the a Johnny, the, yeah, Johnny oh, Sin's yeah. stepmom porno, and he just, I don't know how an intern got a hold of that, Ted. Ted, Ted I, I know, I, I know how you got a hold of that. <laughs> We know how we now know how Ted gets down. Yeah, we're like, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so 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 you know, everybody called out for you know, in firing of you know, uh, Gina Carano and not Pedro Pascal and all this other stuff. But you know, the BLN of it, of it is that you know, Gina and Pedro um, have different political viewpoints, but they you know, they looked at each other and said, you know, we can differ, but we can still be friends. That was perfectly fine. Disney didn't give a fuck what Pedro said because Pedro is a little bit more of a left-leaning individual, which Disney kind of lines up more with that. So Gina said some things that were in her personal belief in her wheelhouse, and Disney didn't like it. So they turned her gun, they, you know, turned their guns on her. Um, so, so essentially, just so I'm I'm following here, so Gina posted a tweet that some could argue what because I, I purposely actually did not look this up. I, I didn't want to know what it was um, yeah. because I wanted to hear from you guys what it was. And we could discuss, you know, how do how do my politics affect that? So just so I, we're on the same page, from my understanding, she tweeted something that some might misconstrue as a as corollary to the Holocaust. Well, right. while whilst a, um, a more left leaning individual that she worked with tweeted something i i don't i don't quite see that third jump he basically so that was just basically saying so the the correlation there is that is that you know they both said things on social media that people you know haven't agreed with but uh there's kind of i guess you would say like a double standard is that is that her co-star who's a a more left-wing individual essentially got away with i see i see saying what he said because of his his politics but you know gina didn't get away with what you know she said and then they all came after her and went to cancel her because she was a more conservative a more right-leaning individual well and and i know that this isn't a fair question for dan because he just said he hasn't looked at it which i'm i no, no, i want to go off of it based no, on yeah and i appreciate that that's but, that that Everything else, I have, a, I have a pretty good grasp on. We could talk for hours and hours no, on but, all that. But, for... but this specifically, the social ramification, I knew of what had happened. I didn't know the, the specifics, and I, I thought it would be more productive if I came in without knowing what it was, and you guys can explain it to me, and then I can actually be a more fair judge 
of, of how I feel about this situation if I'm hearing it for the first time. Absolutely. And what I would want from anybody that thinks that Gina Carano really should have been fired, I want them to show me specifically what she said in any of her tweets because I went and I read them all and I'm like, okay, like seems like kind of a right-leaning person. I see the, the ties that she's making. The left calls people on the right Nazis all the time. Hell, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that Ted Cruz tried to have somebody kill her in the Senate or in the storming of the Capitol, which is like... She blamed, she blamed Ted Cruz for fanning the flames that exactly. led to the escalation that would have... And I don't think... I think we're all smart enough to not have to mince words here yeah. that we're all very aware of. I mean, they had zip ties, they had guns. If they could have gotten a hold of AOC, she'd be fucking dead. Yeah, but it's not, like, it's not like Ted Cruz put a hit out on AOC like she was yeah, make, yeah, trying but, to make it sound Yeah, like. but fucking Ted Cruz doesn't get to wake up in the morning and go, how could this have happened? Well, and, and then the rest of us go, wow, that escalated slowly and steadily I, for I four fucking years. I agree with that, but anyway, going back to the Gina situation, it's like this isn't the first time someone from a highly – acclaimed position has made a comment that it's like okay come on and i didn't even really think that with gina's tweets quite honestly i i i would really like to know the specific verbiage that she used that would justify her getting fired but anyway ben, it, it wasn't anything it, it was just so what it was and from my understanding of researching it it was just a bunch of a bunch of and i'm gonna generalize here it's a bunch of left-leaning people felt that they were you know, being attacked by her or, or didn't agree with her political views. And they were like, how dare you? And this was the main one was the, was the, holo the Holocaust one. They were just like, how dare you equate, you know, right-leaning individuals or conservatives to Jews and that we are the, we are the Nazis and we're coming for you. Like they were just super butthurt about that whole thing, which wasn't her connotation behind it at all. I don't feel like that was her connotation like, behind putting out what she put out. Um, so they were like super pissed off about that. And they started the trend, a trending hashtag on Twitter that's, that was fire Gina Carano. And Disney took notice of it, went and looked you know, at all of her stuff. And they've, you know, they've had their eyes on her for a long time, according to her. And, you know, also according to, to Gina's, you know, she felt that she's been bullied by Disney a lot. And that through that and some other things, they were trying to pull her and, and Pedro Pascal apart as friends. Um, so, you know, Disney took notice of all of that and then they, you know, to, to calm the masses and make sure that their profit margins didn't get hurt on, on Disney plus and on the Mandalorian, because that's one of the flagship shows for that platform. Um, they fired her. Ben to, to further justify the double standard idea. Um, one of our comments from Wade says Disney still employs an animator who created and shared a cartoon on Twitter about putting a MAGA supporter in a wood chipper. Right. And so, you know, that's what I was getting at earlier is Disney has historically been more left leaning than anything else. Oh, you're not, you're not going to hear an argument out of me that Disney is, is not a liberal leaning institution. It's, it's basically like, and they're, they're, you know, people don't want to say, it, but they're, but they're a, a, a large monopoly. They have a large monopoly on a lot of different, aspects in the entertainment industry from ESPN to news networks. Um, and, you know, so they have quite a lot of pull. And if, you know, if you don't agree with them or don't, you know, like what they're doing, they're going to put the squeeze on you or they're just going to can. So let's, let's, for the sake of argument, based on, based on everything you guys have told me, let's, um, let's assume that it was, it was in jest, 
right? And it might have been gross, and it might have been an equivalency that shouldn't have been made. Should that lead to you getting fired? My answer to that would be, that's up to the discretion of your employer. Like, if you're a public figure and you say shit that can be misconstrued into being something that the, the general pop doesn't like, then to a certain degree, you're responsible for your demise. However, what I would say to that as well would be that I here, here's what I will say. OK, so liberal Twitter, blue checkmark Twitter, as we call it on the left, is a fucking nightmare. It's a bunch of LARPing goddamn losers who like to pat themselves on the back and get people kicked off of TV, get them kicked off their shows. They love that shit. You know what they don't like? Doing systemic work to change the world to make it a better place. They love they love Twitter. They just love ruining they love, people's lives. They, they they do enjoy that. And to a certain degree, I I you know, it's so funny. Um I don't think I said it before, but I actually just I I, I I disagree with conservatives, but I despise liberals because liberals <laughs> know what they're doing. Conservatives sometimes reach the wrong juncture, but it's usually with good intention. It's usually under the guise of lower taxes, more freedom, you know, to that extent, unless it's like a like a Trumpian issue about like kick the rapists out of here. That's but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a, a situation like this where from what you're telling me, she tweeted uh something that could have possibly been misconstrued as comparing victims of, of quote unquote cancel culture with the Holocaust. I mean, I'm sure that we that, can agree. That's that, probably distasteful. That's but... not exactly what it was. It, it was more her comparing socialism to Nazism or socialism to what led to Hitler's rise. Let's put it that way, which Hitler well, was I, a socialist. And, which, and well, well, uh, well, 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 first, well, for, real quick, real quick. So uh, the National Socialist Party is where we derive what fascism is. What Hitler did, and a lot of people don't necessarily. So when I, you know what I, I went to school for, Alex. So I studied, I studied political science and I studied history. Um, and I ended up finishing with psychology. But a lot, a big problem in modern day America is, and the reason there's such a bad taste in people's mouths about socialism it is directly correlated to the fact that the Nazis established a populist movement like Trump did. And then they provided, I will say this, they did provide certain state sponsored work programs. It was the great depression. They did a new deal in the same way the FDR did, but FDR is no more than a socialist than Hitler was the, the, the hallmarks of fascism on fascism by, um, Umberto, um, echo. Yeah. Umberto echo. He, he, he details and outlines the, the 10 major components of, of fascism. One of the components that made fascism successful within Nazi Germany was that they hijacked a populist movement that was initially left-leaning. The problem here, though, is that when you go to the root of it, what happens is that when capitalism fails, like it is currently failing, people need something. They need a life raft. They need something. 
I'm sure the three of us are doing relatively well. I don't have anything to complain about. Um, but the problem is that when, when, when neoliberalism fails and capitalism fails, someone has to fill that power void. And you're usually going to get one or two options. You're either going to have socialism, which is a state dictated, state dictated economy, or you end up with fascism, which is capitalism on steroids. That's what the Nazis ended up having. So when you say Hitler was a socialist, that's like saying that all blue bunny ice cream is blue. It, it, it's, know, a, it's a direct I, misinterpretation. I don't, I don't think that was the point of her tweet. And Ben, you can probably... No, 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 so I, was I, just, I was responding to you specifically, Alex. That was no, it. That's yeah, about, no, yeah, no. Hitler, Hitler was not a socialist. That's what I'm... I'm. That's the only thing I was talking about. Gotcha, right yeah. Go ahead, Ben. No, I think the, the entire point behind her, and I think it ended up was Instagram, so I think the entire point behind it was, was the fact that she was trying to tell everybody that, you know, Let's not be at each other's throats over different sure. political opinions. That's not that's not helpful. It's not constructive. It's not what we need to be doing to each other right now. And what it, I think the, the, to keep going on that, I think the other part of it was that she was saying that it could lead to something like your neighbors. You know, if it gets to an excessive point, your neighbors could be the ones that come. Yeah, you, yeah. You make you make a hyperbolic bullshit tweet. Yeah. About yeah. I mean that's fine and that's that's good. So what, what I've yeah what I've Go ahead. Go ahead. What I'm trying to get at is that is that I don't feel that 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 you know her Disney as her employer should have that much control over what she tweets. Well, and and if you know if she wants if, to tweet out something that's like her personal political belief set, and that's fine. But you don't get to fire somebody over because a group of people on Twitter got pissed off about it. The the problem I think is like is, you can't let the masses dictate, you know how. But yeah, who who is paying you for it? But the fact that you know she was, that was just her own personal political or personal beliefs, and everybody got pissed off about it, and created a trending hashtag for it. And then Disney was like, "Oh shit, there goes our profit margin." I think, like, I'm not. Like, I'm like, not saying like, she should go. Go ahead, Alex. I was just gonna. No, you're fine. I I think like what Dan said earlier your company has a right to decide whether or not they want to keep you employed based on anything. Most states are right to work these days. I cannot like the way that you tie your shoes in the morning and have a legal right to fire you. Um, but then again, Disney should come out and say, okay, if you're a conservative or if you're a Republican, then don't even bother applying with us because the minute you come out and support right-wing policies or Trump or you know anything right-leaning, then we're gonna fire you. And your, uh, your co-actor, who happens to be male, because we don't hear about the female justice warriors in this particular situation where Again, you have a, a left-leaning cast member and you have a right-leaning cast member. And the coincidentally, the male, which I don't think that should make a fucking difference at all, but other people would disagree with me, has come out and made tweets supporting left-leaning agendas. And now his cast member, who happens to be a female conservative, comes out and tweets things supporting right-leaning her views. And one is fired and the other isn't. You're creating a complete double standard that that shouldn't exist. Or you should come out and say, 
if you want to apply to work and to shoot with us and to be hired within our films or our series, you should be a, a, a conservative or you should be a, a liberal or a Democrat. And well, Metters, conservatives Metters do not right. apply. Yeah, Metters is right here in the chat. He said Disney loves strong, independent women as long as they vote blue. Exactly. Which is true. So as soon as you have a strong, independent woman that's voting red, now they have a problem. And now she's no longer employed by Disney. It, which... Yeah, I mean, it, depend, it depends on the narrative that you're trying to push, certainly. I, I would say that getting getting fired for, for a gaffe like that, although I might not personally agree with it, the, the trade-off for fame and fortune is that you are accountable to the public. So if, if, if a lot of people view your tweet and they, they view it as anti-Semitic, your intention actually is now kind of backseat. Anti-Semitic seems to make light of the Holocaust, and that's how most people read it. Although by the author's design, it wasn't meant to be taken that way. The consequences are the kind of the same, man. It's not really that different than if I said an off-color joke at the bar and my friends left me there. Like there, there are there are, there there is a social consequence to be paid, and that's not really Disney's fault. Although they are the ones firing them, which I do understand is kind of a little bit of a it's it, it seems like a paradox, but it's not. It seems like a paradox because well. Her only problem is being conservative. Well, that's not the case because she didn't get fired for saying that we need to lower state taxes. She didn't get fired for saying we should lower capital gains tax. She didn't get fired for saying we should have a more expeditious route to emigration. She said something uh, from what you guys are telling me. She made a bad personal so call and perpetuated an image that although might not have been her intention, I mean th that that kind of falls on you as the individual. I'm never going to get fired because my company looks at my Twitter and thinks maybe this guy is denying or maybe this guy is equating the Holocaust with X, Y, or Z. Like, that, do you understand what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, like, exactly. So yeah. And I get it. And, and she, you know, she's since come out and said, you know, obviously that it wasn't, you know, in the best taste for her to put that out. And the post has since been deleted all that, you know, obviously retroactive. And, mm -hmm. But we, we, Not, should... you know, it's, it's, the damage has been done. But my thing is, as I'm getting that is that people just, common sense is uncommon nowadays. And people just fly off the handle at the first thing that upsets them without really taking a minute to think about it. And look at it and go, oh, you know, okay, maybe you know. And if we're gonna, you fire, know, what did she actually mean? The, the era of plausible deniability is gone. I'll agree with you there, Ben. If we're gonna fire her over those tweetments, tweetments, <laughs> tweets, hey, and statements, that, I'm gonna start using that. Yeah, tweetments. Tweetment. You heard it here first, copyrighted. Your tweetments, sir. <laughs> then uh, 2021. Disney, what in the world podcast? There you go. Then tweetments. Disney should absolutely fire the animator who created and shared a cartoon on Twitter about a MAGA supporter being put in a wood chipper. We can all agree that that's vastly more. That's the uh, brash and it's in not horrible taste and in horrible you know. taste talking about sparking the idea of literally killing someone on the other side of you because of who they support i it, it's just such a double standard and it's been in my opinion reverberated throughout all of these constant cancel culture movements where 
we cancel either the white male or the person who's a Trump supporter or anybody on the right. And on the left, we just kind of, you know, on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, maybe not Facebook. Facebook's pretty red these days. Um, but we like give a pass to all these people on the left who are making the same brash, crazy statements. And again, not any of us sitting here because I wouldn't say put fucking Dan Hoppins in a wood chipper. Damn it, that liberal, you know, and Dan if you called say, If you called me a liberal, I would personally come fist fight. <laughs> I'll lose. <laughs> but. And Dan wouldn't say, well, Alex votes on the right, so he should lose his job, you know. I mean, like, it's crazy that it, it, it's such – Dan has used the word a few times tonight, and I love it. The, the pandering – to the entire it's just backpatting hand wringing bullshit and it all goes back to monetization if if being right on the right if voting for trump was cool and hip and trendy with young kids guess who disney would be backing trump but everybody you know right now on the left has a great or had a great target within trump who is a slimy gross old bastard and it's like, okay, that's the cool, young, hip thing to do right now is vote anti-Trump. So what does that mean? I'm on the left. It, it, it's a double standard. Like, it, yeah, it's and and, and and you know, my thing is, you know, cancel culture has just been, you know, ticking me off to no end because you know, from its inception or since it started, because no, like, people are getting canceled for things that happened. 10, 15 years ago. That just the one that comes. The one like, that comes to mind is. Uh, I think it was Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart made an off-color tweet back in like 2009, and they didn't mm-hmm. get to host the Emmys for it or whatever. What yeah, I'm getting, what I'm getting at is, like what I'm that. getting at is that kind of stuff. Is it's just, it's just pandering bullshit. That's all exactly. it is. Exactly. Firing, firing yeah. this this gal based on again, like I well, said, I didn't know anything about like... it before you brought it up, but firing this gal based on an off-color tweet, that's probably not. That's probably not a good call, but yeah. right. And the thing is, just like nobody, nobody realizes anymore that people are people, and people make mistakes. And you know, yes, you might be a high-profile individual, and yes, you might, have, you know, you have a, a a bigger moral obligation and a bigger responsibility to society to to do your your best, if not better, because of of of, uh, of where you are. Mm-hmm. In, in a position of influence, but people are people and they're going to make mistakes. And what I, what, what bugs me the most about ca- cancel culture is that nobody, nobody gets a chance to, to make a mistake anymore. You don't get it. Like it's just immediate, like, bam, you're done. Sorry. And, and you're like, well, you know, hold on a minute. If you did the exact same thing that I did and, and cancel culture came after you, you'd be super pissed. Yeah. And you'd be like, what, what, why, why do I get fired? For my job, I just made a mistake. And it's like, well, yeah, you made a mistake. And so did this person. You made the same mistake. So why can't well, they get a second chance well, because it's, if because you it's deserve not, a second chance? Okay, so advocating for medic, militantly advocating for Medicare for all isn't the same as being misconstrued into like Holocaust um, analogy, like analogy. Like it's not, the, it's not quite the same. Um, there was a question in the chat I wanted to answer. He go, it's from Squash. He goes, if it's not okay to call trans people by their original name, then why is it okay to drag up tweets from years ago in order to cancel people? Now, 
that's it. That and then he he uh, he also posits that uh, might be or he she them they. It's uh, my little brother. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So he also you know says you know maybe it's a false equivalency, but it's an interesting argument I've heard. Um, so the the reasoning behind that the reason you don't call a trans person. So I personally have have a couple trans friends more than the national average. Like by and large, due to my work with Nebraska Left Coalition, Omaha Tenants United. Um, the, the leftist groups that, that I am in, um, I understand that I'm exposed to it more. The problem with it is it, so that the term for it is called dead naming. And what you, what you, what you're doing is if someone comes out and identifies as, um, a different gender or as non-binary and they ask to be called a new name. Um, just out of out of general fucking respect, if my name is Richard and I asked That's... and you called me Dick and I said please don't call me Dick, call me Richard, and you insisted on calling me Dick, you're you're making me mad. You're pissing me off first off, but but more importantly, you are telling that person in that statement, you are telling that person that your identity isn't valid to me, and whether or not that's true. Because we are, I know, I'm sure it's been said a billion, we live in a society. We do live in a society. And social currency is currency. You don't get to fucking treat people that way. If that would be like if if, uh, if, um, if you had a, a BIPOC, uh, you know, like like a friend of color, and you called them a Kunta Kente. That, that joke might last one time. And then you get your ass kicked. I... So, the, yeah, the reason it's... it's um, the reason they're different is because tweets that were said from somebody a couple years ago, perhaps they're not relevant. And of course I would, argue, I would say they're worth examination for context. Da, da, da. If it was a bad joke, it's a bad joke. We can move on. I agree. I agree with that there, but that's why we don't call trans people their original names because what you're doing, whether you agree with it or not is you're, you're, you're invalidating someone's it's, identity and we don't right. do it. It's general. You know, and Alex and I, have said many times that I was just answering the question. I just right, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I get, it. I get you. And we, we said many times we don't have a problem with that. Like if you walked up to me and said, "Hey, my pronouns are she, he, she, and her, or whatever," I, all right, fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'll call you. Like if you're trans or or anything like that, and you were, you know, you wanted to be identified as a female, then that's fine. I'll respect you as a person and 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 do that for you. Yeah, it costs, it costs, it costs no money. It costs me nothing. It costs no money. To get call someone the pronoun they choose, and like you said, to continue to not do that shows that you just could give a fuck less about that person as a person. Yeah, to continue to not is at that point a, a personal insult, and arguably, it's arguably like violent to deny somebody's identity. It's basically verbal abuse. I, I would, I would, yeah, I would, I would say, I would say that like not a crime. I want to be clear, it's not a crime. Right. What what I'm saying is that any social um, capital that that you lose as a result of doing that, you deserve to lose. We, if, if Alex needed to go by, if Alex, you know, came out and wanted to go by Alexandria, that that's what you do now. Okay, it's not like it's part of just being a good fucking person. It's just nice. It's yeah, just being just respectful. support. Just support people. Just be nice. And if you're not. If you're not here on the same page as me about supporting people, and instead you want to debate people's own identity with them, then my brother, we are gonna have some. 
our hands are going to change some words. Well, it, it, wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't matter if that same person, you know, converted to Judaism and was like, you know, now my name is not Peter. It's or with with uh, Islam, often people, yeah, yeah with Islam, cares, people right? often change. I mean, like, cool, man, that's what you're into right now, so whatever. I think Malcolm X's original name was like Franklin's, like Franklin, Franklin Smalls or something like yeah. that. Yeah, just be nice to people. Um, there was another question in here that uh, was directed towards you, Dan. Um, it said, so this was a while back, and I promised this person we would get back to it. So would you say that Ted Cruz had to bear some responsibility for the Capitol riot and violence? Oh, oh, absolutely. Most certainly. Um, Ted Cruz, by design, along with um, senators like Ben Sass, Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell, um, they perpetuated the idea that, and let's not be confused here, Joe Biden won when the first ballots were cast on election day. All Whether those needed to be counted or not, and it, to to save it, it was it was it's it's a story being told in reverse. To save it's you, not a from... story of Trump slowly losing the election to mail in ballots. It's the ballots are just getting counted. To save Trump you lost from day that, one. to save you from that justification, just so you don't have to go over it. Uh, we had an election day podcast. Um, we basically very similar to Rogan's podcast. Um, I was actually listening to it at the time talking about how the mail-in ballots are still going to be coming in. There's going to be a large number of Biden. So no one in here thinks that like the election was rigged or stolen yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Okay, perfect, perfect. Thank yep. you. Thank you for catching me up to speed on that. Yep. So yeah, like I said, it's a story being told in reverse, yet all of these, all these uh, congressmen and women who were, for whatever reason, still supporting the, 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 president's, the, the, the president of the United States was on TV and on Twitter day and night for almost two months talking about how the election was stolen and it's rigged and you you of hardworking Americans are getting stolen from. You chose me. Everybody knows it. We all know it. And we need to do something about it. And then they scheduled the riot or they scheduled the speech from Trump himself on the 6th. And then the end of that speech with this giant rally outside of the Capitol basically culminated in Trump saying we should take our democracy back. And then he walked away from it. And then the Capitol riots happened and then a riot insurrection, whatever you'd like to call it, whatever that happened. A couple people died st like storming the Capitol building. And one of the, one of the primary drivers of that are, were people like Ted Cruz, people in positions of power and authority who were saying, it's a cover-up. It comes in all the way back to the big lie that we talked about at the uh, start of the conversation. It all comes back to um, the, 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 the plot. It, there's always a plot, right? There's always some grand mechanistic scheme to keep us, the people, from truly being in power. Now, Ted Cruz, I do not believe, is stupid enough to not understand what the three of us understand about the election's a story being told backwards. He won on day one. Like, whether we like it or not, Biden's the fucking president. Um, but Ted Cruz spending the next five weeks banning those flames until people were armed and stormed the Capitol to stop the electoral voting count, yes, you are culpable. You're absolutely culpable in that. So I'm you not... don't get to the next day. You don't get to get on Twitter and go, 
oh my god, how could this have happened? Like to me, it's like I'm living in an alternate reality. I'm going to I'm going to keep all of my personal rebuttals out of that and just go off of what uh that same commenter said and said then does Bernie Sanders have the same responsibility for the shooting of Steve Scalise? If Steve not Scalise. if not what is the difference? Uh, in I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you situations? there Luke. Um full disclosure Luke, I am not I am not aware of the Steve Scalise shooting i wouldn't i wouldn't feel comfortable making a comment on it i don't, I don't have the, the knowledge of that i wish i could fill you in but i'm not sure um yeah ben do you have a Congress, rundown of it congressman steve scalise what happened with steve oh, scalise? oh wait, wait 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 is steve scalise the guy who he was he the congressman who was shot like while they were like doing softball practice like by um yes, by a le- like a left wing anarchist is that yes, the guy? You're Am right. I remembering that right? You're right. Yes. Yeah, that, that sounds is about him. right. You, I don't know that a hundred percent, but I'm about ninety nine and a half percent. Yep, that's correct. Shot during the softball, the GSP God. softball look, game look, or whatever. Look how fucking smart I am, man. I'm failing. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I still um, think you're wrong about Ted Cruz for the record, but that's fine. I love you. Continue. <laughs> anyway, um, so the only reason those two things wouldn't be directly related is because again, you can't. It's a, it's it's a false equivalency to state that advocating for Medicare for all and advocating that that the the, the worth we produce as a society is not being adequately distributed amongst us. That's not the same as planting a conspiracy theory that somehow your country is being stolen from you attempting to organize and incite violence storming the capital and then killing a couple capital police and a couple protesters so what I, w- I will say what i will say though is that so they're not equivalent but is that shooting in any way shape or form related to bernie sanders because if i remember correctly the shooter was i believe an anarchist um that would be an interesting take. That would be a hard take for me to take based on the fact that Bernie Sanders is barely a social Democrat. Um, um, he's, he's not, he, so let me clear this up for you guys real quick. So when we talk about the left colloquially, we're talking about two different things. Like the three of us are talking about two different things. So the left, like the left, capital L, the left, that is the section of the uh, the the scale that seems to be missing, because if you are to the right of that, you still support capitalism, meaning that on that spectrum, Bernie Sanders would be left of center for sure, because he does want nationalization of certain key industries. He does want um, Medicare for all. Uh, he does want to go ahead and try to try to consolidate some of the national debt behind like tariff makeups but but all of these things exist within the confines of capitalism the 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 problem is the left the actual the left where we're at where i am at personally is that i do not believe that capitalism as a system can can pan out because it inevitably reaches an end goal where it has to collapse in on itself and just like it did in Japan, and just like it did in Germany, and just like it did in France, and just like it did in the UK, eventually, p- 
people get fed up and they revolt and they always go one of two ways. They always go to socialism and we get, you know, the uh, the USSR, the Soviet Union, or they go to the right and then we get things like phalangelist Spain, Indonesia, um, Italy, Bulgaria, you know, Germany. Like you either you basically you either go socialist or you go fascist. And, and all, both both of those things are a direct byproduct of capitalism's failure. It's utter failure to meet the needs and the government, that specific government's inability to rein that shit in and get it dealt with. Um, as far as if he worked for Sanders, Sanders did strongly condemn the actions, though. Yeah, I would say that's more of a... I mean, okay, so do you guys remember, Ben, Alex, do you guys remember a couple years ago? Forget the gentleman's name, but the guy was a leftist. He's an anarchist leftist goes to um, that ice camp out in Colorado mm-hmm. and he went with a bunch of guns a bunch of bombs and his plan was to um, destabil- like destabilize all the vehicles um, breach the perimeter and um, essentially like break break the, uh, the ice refugees out of this camp do you guys remember that a couple years ago yeah he got killed he got killed doing it but he didn't he didn't fire a shot at, at anybody there like after he disabled a couple of vehicles, he was killed. But um, I, I would say if something like that were done and Sanders were affiliated with it, then maybe we're getting to the equivalency of what Ted Cruz's well, role is. Well, in Sanders, the Sanders was directly affiliated with the guy who shot Steve Scalise. And I'm not to be clear. I don't think that Bernie Sanders should be held accountable for some loon going out and shooting Steve Scalise on a softball field. I also don't think Ted Cruz should be directly responsible for, you know, of the hundreds of thousands of protesters that went to the Capitol to peacefully protest or to protest peacefully that decided to try to breach the halls where the Congress people were that the, Capitol Police had their guns drawn saying, hey, if you try to come in here, we're going to shoot you. Hey, if you try to come in here, we're going to shoot you. Bang, bang, you tried to keep coming in here, and we shot you. And then the other two lunatics... I saw the video of that gal. That's a tragedy is what it it is. uh, Again, it's the same conversation, and I don't want to keep beating a dead horse because we're at just over two hours now. I I don't think Sanders should be accountable. I don't think Cruz should be accountable. If anybody out there on the right side had uh, the most quote-unquote blood on their hands for the Capitol riot, it would be Trump, who literally said yep, in it'd be his, Trump, it'd be Trump and the, the Proud his, Boys who organized in his address it. to the people who were 200 yards from the Capitol building and were gonna go to the Capitol building. Even then, I don't think in the court of law you can you can hold him accountable for like murder. They did it. Yeah, they, they did didn't. They exactly. impeachment. Uh, but that's the strongest case for me to make, but I don't think. Let me the... be clear. Civilly or criminally, I do not believe Ted Cruz is liable for that. Yeah. But socially, okay. he is. Yeah. Socially, he is. The man should be stripped of his social capital because he played this game to his base that he knew wasn't true and then people died. That's not equivalent to this guy who shot that congressman. 
That that it just isn't. Sanders didn't sit there for six weeks and talk every day about how his the presidency was stolen from him and people need to rise up and bring their guns and we're not going to stop you. And then they let them in. Like it's not. It's I understand the argument. I don't mean to dunk on that. I'm not trying to like dunk on you, um, uh, Maderos. That that's not my intention. Please don't take it that way. But it, it's they're definitely it's definitely a false equivalent uh, false equivalence. It's not remotely the same. Well, and it, if, if Bernie Sanders said the world would be at better off if Trump was dead, and then some liberal loon with a gun went and shot Trump, Trump, then perhaps we would be having a different conversation. But given all that information, I would say that right now, no, that that's a false equivalency. Well, and we can again disagree all we want to, but. Um, we're still here having a civilized conversation, and I don't hate you, and Ben doesn't hate me. I don't think. And, I hate Matt. Uh, that, that's that's <laughs> what I hate. <laughs> uh, I, I don't like. That's I don't fine. Like, I've heard worse. I don't like looking at your handsome mug, idiot. I don't like. <laughs> it. There you go. Uh, does the chat have any other questions before we wrap up? Because we are Cheers at two that, hours but. and fifteen <laughs> minutes. Um, before we sign off here, I'll take a shot with you dan did you grab your flask i did it's the flask i brought to um your halloween party oh of course a couple years ago still in circulation still in service this bastard's made it man well dan as always i don't agree with everything that you have to say and you don't agree with everything that i have to say but i, still I think we've had a, i think we've had a productive conversation i think man. so too absolutely and i i again we I say it probably every show. Most people out there want the same thing. You know, we all want people to be, or I shouldn't say we all. Most of us want people to be happy. We want people to be taken care of. We don't want people to go hungry or to go thousands of dollars in debt. But we also have to have constructive conversations as to how we're going to accomplish that. Because clearly right now it's not being accomplished. And, and that and, ultimately, that's that's what results in the worst of people is when they when they run out of options, you get Stalin and you get Hitler. Exactly. And America right now is at a at, I, as a historian, I can look at this and I can pretty succinctly say that I I believe we are at that crossroads. Capitalism is failing the majority of people. And they're going to get an answer one way or another, whether they go left, whether they go right. The fact of the matter is milk toast liberal reform isn't going to fix what's going on here. It's not going to fix climate change. It's not going to fix um, the economy. It sure as shit isn't going to fix the ever, ever, ever shrinking middle class of the United States. And I mean, Marx talks about it quite a bit in Das Kapital, you know, but that's a conversation we could have another time. <laughs> yeah. I'd be more than happy to have that with you as well. I figured I'd come on kind of vanilla a little bit, not get too hard on your audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a good conversation. And, uh, as indeed, I don't think there's any chat doesn't have any questions this week. Conversations. So. Hey, as always chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Luke Free 55. I know who you are, but I'm not going to use your real name. Um, Wade. Um, Combo, as always. Gail, thank you. Squash. Everybody else that was here. Oh, Kristen, my girlfriend, made a 
couple comments tonight. She made an appearance calling you out for making her sound like a bad person. (laughs) I was trying to say she was a good person, and she's not. She's like, in fact, you want to know someone who is way more left-leaning than I am. It's that girl right there. But we date, and we make it work, you know? Don't have to agree on everything. Beat you with a stick here in a minute. <laughs> she knows that I love her. Uh, love you too, Gail. Alrighty, well, Dan, was a good one, a good conversation, Dan. I had a good, I enjoyed listening. Dan, take a shot. See you and your me, viewpoints. It was, it was very, it was very fun for me as well. Um, I'd, I'd love to be back on at some point. I'll take a drink to that. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, if you guys want to look me up on Twitter, I'm at your daily daily Danny. Um, my affiliation, I don't usually speak uh, publicly, just because it's got some spooky wordage in it that people don't in this country particularly care for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a leftist. Uh, Alex is obviously not. Uh, I... It's always nice to sit down and be able to have a constructive conversation i typically the- retweet your stuff though so if anybody follows me um especially when you're trashing on the left um you know you tell like me real you name, name one person on the right who trashes the left more than me from further left that's very uh, honestly dude that was one of the big reasons why i was like <laughs> dan is a good guest to have because you're just as hard on the left uh as most people on the right are um, like I've like I've said it a thousand times, it, the, the the conservatives are confused, and perhaps we disagree on certain things. But not all liberals of us, okay. liberals are culpable in <laughs> in the uh, the problems that are destroying the the nation. So, yeah, that's my situation. Well, if you're a li- if you're a liberal and you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll I, end on and that. Also, right now. And also, and also. If you if you move far enough left, you get your guns back. That's what I'll go. With. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect segment into the next episode. All right. Well, I'm gonna end with that. I love you guys. Sounds good. Love both of you and all of our followers and our listeners. And until next time, be good to each other. Tell somebody you love them. Thank See you for later. having me on, guys. Absolutely. Yes, sir. We'll Thanks see you for later. coming on, Dan. <laughs>